about your psalms, talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. You can call this the new world order of wrestling, brother. Matthews, Bleacher Report, Daily DDT. My man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Can't complain. Welcome to the Wrestling Basement here on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, my new retro-style wrestling podcast. Uh, You're in for a good one. The 25th anniversary of In Your House and the overall impact it had. Uh, top five matches, top five in your house shows, and other uh, tidbits about the actual uh, pay-per-view. You can find Graham on Twitter at WrestleRants. You can find me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. And again, you can find the, the podcast, The Wrestling Basement, on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Give us a download, rate, comment, subscribe. All that good stuff. So, Graham, before we dive into In Your House, um, again, 25 years today, May 14th, 1995, we had the first ever In Your House pay-per-view. Overall, have you seen just about every In Your House pay-per-view, yes or no? Yes, I have. I have gone back and watched every WWE pay-per-view on the network and the In Your House pay-per-views. So I was doing a review series a number of years ago of every pay-per-view on the network. That was my big goal. took Mm. me three years, but I got through it. Um, The In Your House shows, I think I saved for last. So I watched them all in order uh, from one up until whenever the last one was in the late 90s, I want to say. I know they is fully loaded counted as an In Your House pay-per-view. I don't think it is, right? Um, I know they did from from May fourteenth, ninety five, and I think Backlash ninety nine ninety nine is the official. Now they kind of took it down, like they were they were promoting it as Backlash in your house, and then like when the show came, it was just Backlash. So some count it as in your house, some count the official official end of in your house was. Um, St. Valentine's Day Massacre in in, uh, in, in in 99. Okay, that's what I thought, because I've seen some places say, like, oh, the fully loaded shows were some of the best of all time. I'm like, I don't think that's an in-your-house pay-per-view. But yes, to answer your question in short, I have seen every installment. Um, To your point about fully loaded, there was fully loaded in your house July 26, 1998. So, oh, okay. So all right. Go. So I guess that would count. Yeah. Um, I don't know when I when I think of backlash, I don't think of it as an in your house pay per view, although it was promoted as such. I guess it just kind of goes under both. I guess 
on the network. I'm not sure if it's under In Your House or if it's under Backlash. I mean, I know it's under Backlash, but I'm not sure if it's also under In Your House, but um, either way, there were, let's just put it this way. There were a lot of in your house pay-per-views in that four or five year stretch. Of course. Uh, again, to have fun for those who don't know who performed at the first ever in your house. Again, all these shows are on the network. So go ahead and check it out. A lot of weird names on this card. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to go through every single in your house, but just for today, for the anniversary, uh, Bret Hart defeated Hakushi, uh, Razor defeated Jeff Jarrett, Mabel, Defeated Adam Bomb. Wow, we're going way back here. Uh, Owen Hart, Yokozuna defeated uh, the Smoking Guns. Jerry Lawler beat Bret Hart. Wow. And Diesel beat Psycho Sid for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. So seven matches on the official card. They got four dark matches. But um, for a seven-card match, a two-hour show, um, to kind of break the monotony of, uh, you know, they were doing WrestleMania, obviously, SummerSlam the Rumble, Survivor Series, and King of the Ring. So I think when they were competing with WCW at the time or just about to, to compete with them, they see WCW having a show just about every month or every other month. So for the WWF, all they had was the major five, and that was it, nothing, nothing in between. So now In Your House comes in in the spring of 95 to be like, you know what? We're going to give you now a show either every month or every other month. And I, I like the idea of, you know, they wanted to do this every other month where it's not the same price as a WrestleMania or SummerSlam or Rumble or Survivor or King of the Ring. Uh, if you remember, Graham, um, in your house was for a two hour show, it was fourteen ninety five. Just imagine paying that money right now, huh? <laughs> I know fourteen ninety five is a steal, but at that point though, how much how much was fourteen ninety five worth though? Isn't that like thirty bucks by those standards, or maybe not? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I mean, fourteen ninety five, and you get Adam Bomb and Hakushi and his smoking guns. I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say, dude. I mean, when you were going to when you were going through that card, listen. I love the in your house shows, but that yeah. first installment absolutely sucked. <laughs> I mean, there were a lot of bad ones too. So you can, you, I mean, it's probably for the better they were two hours, know. but holy shit, that match card sucked. And they eventually went to um, 1995. Um, so I think when it went, when it became a three-hour show, it became you know 19, 1995. So it wasn't that bad. Um, but I think it came at a time like I mentioned that you're, you're gearing up for this Monday Night War, and now on on the competition side, you get the Halloween Havocs, the the World War Threes, and Fall brawls and starcades, and you, then you get a super brawl. So now it's every month you gotta you gotta you know keep on pace. And I think the in your house was, was a good show to 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 come to the company. You know this is the new generation era, so is it, you're losing some of the fan base that was there for the golden era prior to that. A lot of new guys, new stars, young, high flying, acrobatic type type guys like Brett and and Shawn Michaels, but. Um, and I guess just you're adding another show for people who may not be at WrestleMania. Like Hakushi was not going to be at WrestleMania or maybe the, or the Rumble. So you're giving this guy a platform uh, to perform for two hours. And I think that was, that, was, that was very vital at that point. Yeah, most definitely. I think it did a good job of showcasing the lower level guys, even though some of those guys weren't all that great. I don't think a lot of people were clamoring for more of Adam Bomb and people like that at that point. <laughs> Or of Jeff Jarrett and whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
I think it was the right concept at the wrong time. 95 is infamously known as one of the worst year in that company's history financially and creatively. So, I mean, the shows are really bad. They do get better as they go along. Um, I just think they kind of came around at the wrong point in 1995. They got a lot better, like by the, you know, 96 with Shawn Michaels championship reign by 97, 98. There were some bad ones even at that point too, but mm-hmm. I think 95, you will not find, I'm trying to think of many, like, are there any 95 pay-per-views I would recommend? And I, I would really have to think about it. Definitely not this one or WrestleMania, even though it emanated no. from my home state of Connecticut. That was no. a shit show. No. Um, I don't think SummerSlam was all that good either from what I can recall. But um, anyway, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a very historic show. It's not one. Maybe I would recommend rewatching it for historical purposes, mm-hmm. but it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, it's it's so like it's mm, WrestleMania one's better than this show. I was going to say, like, oh, that's not a musty show either, but at least it's entertaining. This show really isn't all that entertaining. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I love the concept. And that's kind of what WWE adopted with the takeovers in the last five, six years and making it a two hour show to showcase some of the. I don't want to say the lower level people because they had all the top stars from NXT on it, but it was a cool way to kind of supplement their own pay-per-views going up on the network. And Mm. um, I mean, these were happening every month. The takeovers happened quarterly, but um, you know, it was a new concept. I mean, I wasn't a fan at the time. I wasn't even, I was barely born at this point. Actually, I wasn't even born in May of 95. I was born in June of that year. So I'm sure it was a great concept for fans like, Oh, okay. We get more content by the month, which people, I don't know if they were clamoring for 1995, Mm. but it ended up being a great concept that kind of set the standard for their pay-per-view schedule from that point forward so i know you told me you saw them all these uh shows on the network and i think by the time you were old enough i think in your house was already obsolete so what was i want to ask you what was the first in your house you remember seeing i mean obviously it wasn't live but what was the first in your house i mean okay so you you did a retrospective on bleacher report and back in the day so now the first one you saw was the actual first in your house, you're saying, right? Yeah, no, I watched them all in order. I didn't want oh, okay. to watch them all out right. of order. So with these, I watched from the first one up until the very last one. I forgot which one that would have been. But um, yeah, no, I watched them all in order. I remember not being overly impressed with some of the early installments. But again, they got better by 96, of course. Did you like um, like did you like the whole gimmick of in your house where they were trying to give away the house to a family wherever they were at? I mean, I guess, I guess, again, you mentioned 95 and you're trying to garner new audience and new fans and hey, listen, if we're, you know, if, if we're going to give out, a, give away a house, you might get more people to order on, on, on pay-per-view. So did you like the gimmick at all about that? Um, I don't know if I remember liking it or not liking it. It was different, if nothing else. True. I will say that. Um, won't complain about getting more Tom Pettengale. I thought he was yeah. great. He, he reminds me a lot of like Tom Phillips in many ways. Mm. Um, he, dude, he was all over these shows. And they would like interview people in the crowd and have phone. Yep. Like it was, it was different. You won't see that type of stuff on WWE TV today. But at that point, I'm sure it was... I don't want to say groundbreaking, but it was something different. So at least they were trying something different and weren't sticking to the same old pay-per-view format that they did for all the other big pay-per-views. So I, I think it was a cool concept, even though it was a little wonky. I'll, I'll say that much. Um, to the point I made about the annual show. So at this point in 95, the WWF had five shows per year. That's Mania, Rumble, SummerSlam, King of the Ring, and Survivor Series. So at the same time, WCW had nine. 
so then the following year in 96 WCW went up to 10 and then eventually the year after they went every every month so mm-hmm. then now you're having these unforgivings and backlashes and judgment days and stuff like that so I think you know at the time I know you mentioned it was probably the bad time because of the actual talent that they were portraying but what did what did the in your house shows mean to the company at that time when knowing that they were about to be in competition with WCW? Well, I'm not sure about in terms of like buy rate and how well they did financially for WWE. I mean, I'm sure they were successful enough for them to do more because I'm sure if this first show was a bust, they would have not continued to do them for as long as they did. Um, but it really set the stage. Like you said, they weren't going to war with WCW by this point. I mean, Nitro wasn't even around yet. Nitro didn't premiere until later on that year, I don't think, right? Wasn't it late September of 95? Yeah, you're right. Okay. So it was well before that. But, um, you know, it ended up working out for the best because I think if they had introduced this concept later, because it was only inevitable, then it would have been seen as them copying WCW or, or whatever. I mean, again, it came at the wrong time in terms of the talent that they had on these shows. Some of them were not very good. The gimmicks sucked. The matches weren't that good. Uh-huh. I mean, two hours is serviceable. It's not like, oh my God, this is, I mean, it was pretty bad, but it wasn't like a three or four hour show, you know? So, I mean, I think, it, I mean, honestly, if anything, it probably came a little too late. I think they could have done this maybe in the early nineties, 92, 93, um, as opposed to waiting until 95 when interest in the company was at an all time low, but it did end up working to their benefit with WCW pushing out as much content as they did. They were the WWE now of, the 1990s in terms of the like the two shows with Thunder and Nitro going to three hours and all the fucking pay-per-views and all this <laughs> other shit. They were really the, doing the same thing that WWE is now. Mm-hmm. They were ahead of their time. They ahead of the time in, in, in that respect. But, um, you know, WWE following suit with the monthly pay-per-views. Some of the pay-per-views, again, not all that good. I like the, the uh, quarterly format more. I like the quarterly NXT takeovers. I like the quarterly AEW pay-per-views. WWE, I know, will never go back to that. But, um, you know, and WCW probably jumped the gun on doing that, too. But at, at the time, I thought I, I, for I mean, at least in the 90s, when every show was like must see, I think it worked. But now not so much. But, yeah, I think it, it really is game changing when you think about the pay-per-view business and how, how, how much it helped WWE in the long run. Yeah, so overall, you felt like it had a, a a positive impact on the company, you would say. It did. It definitely didn't have a negative impact. That's what you're asking. Yeah. OK, Um when you go when you when you go when you went back to watch these shows um you got to give me an, a, a, an honest answer so when you're hearing mcmahon on commentary i know it's different now but uh later on they had jr and lawler and michael cole and so on and so forth but when you hear vince mcmahon on commentary i know he was doing it prior to in your house but when you watch these shows and see him and hear him on commentary are you more like man listen i don't like mcmahon on commentary i do or it's kind of like you know what he doesn't get enough credit as as a commentator. You know, that's an interesting question. I feel like it goes both ways with a lot of people. I've seen a lot of people say that he was terrible, that, you know, he did have a lot of bad one-liners. Like, I mean, so did Gorilla Monsoon. But, I mean, with Vince, it was like, I don't know, just corny and stuff like that. <laughs> For me, I never hated his commentary. Going back to watch these shows, I don't mind his commentary. I mm-hmm. think in many ways it gives it a vintage feel. And, it, and it's kind of cool to see McMahon in a different light as opposed to all over the shows as an authority figure, blah, 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 doing the horse voice and then the goofy walk and whatever. He was a straightforward commentator. He played it. He played it, you know, 
right down the middle for the most part with a lot of his commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say he's my favorite commentator of all time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's nearly as bad or as insufferable as Michael Cole has been at certain points. Not in recent years, but Cole was bad there for a while. And not because you know he's a bad commentator, but because of what the company feeds him. And because Vince runs the company himself, he could have done whatever he wanted. So, um, you know, he wasn't... I, I don't think he really was that bad at all. I think he helps give these shows more of a vintage feel when you go back and watch them, at least before he became an on-air persona, uh, you know, an on-air character in late 97. Do you think the great one-liner of McMahon was, that's gotta be Kane in your house, bad blood? <laughs> oh, 100%. That is easily the best Vince McMahon call of all time. I mean, I remember what a maneuver and stuff like that, right. but, um, I mean, in terms of, like, a one-off line, yeah, I think that's that's gotta be. That's the one line I still say to this day. You know, exactly. I, just, I just randomly say it to my friends and, and stuff like that because it's amazing but uh yeah that that's got to be kane has got to be vince's best line of all time um i know we're going to more matches uh, in a few but i think you know in your house sparked a lot of things i think it really sparked the the Shawn michaels undertaker rivalry um you know it it did uh debut hell in a cell so we got to give credit uh right there um uh what else i had it, um it really, it really put a spotlight on the Hart Foundation in the summer of, of, of yep. '97. I'm trying, I'm trying to think about one, one more thing that um, it did, but um, I think we got to get the credit where credit is due for those. But um, do you have a favorite in your house show? Yes, I do, and without a doubt, dude, it doesn't. There's no doubt in my mind uh-oh, that uh-oh. it's Canadian Stampede, July okay. of 1997. I mean, how can it not be? I feel like I know Bad Blood is very good too. That would also be up there for the first Taker and Sean match. I think that might be the best match from any in your house. I know the main event of Canadian Stampede is amazing. That would probably be number two. I put Michaels and Taker at number one just because I think it's the greatest Hell in the Cell match of all time. Mm-hmm. Featured the debut of Kane and whatever, <clears throat> you know, at, at that point. But I think Canadian Stampede on the whole, like I said, went back and watched all these shows. That was the one in your house pay-per-view, dude. I mean, there was a few of them that I thought were pretty good. This is the one where I was like, holy shit, I would go back and rewatch this any at any other point. Because I thought it was so good. It was the perfect, like a li- as close to a perfect of a pay-per-view as you can get. Mm-hmm. I think there were only four matches, maybe two and a half hours. I feel like it was only two hours. It says on the network, but it was very short. They had that main event, of course. They had... I, the, the funny thing is that I can't remember the card for many of these pay-per-views, but I can for this one. I know they had uh, Takamichi Naku versus Great uh, Great Sasuke. I don't know how you pronounce it. I, I apologize. Sasuke, yeah. Suzuki. I think, I think it's Great Sasuke okay. versus Takamichi Naku for the light heavyweight championship. They had Taker and Vader for the WWE title. Mm-hmm. And I think they had Triple H or Hunter Hearst Elmsley or whatever versus Mankind. And then the main event. There were only four matches. That was it. Wow. It was a very short and sweet show. The crowd was wild. It was just, and every match was awesome. The entire show was fucking great. So easily, without a doubt in my mind, when you ask me that, Canadian Stampede from July of 97, I think it was, is undoubtedly my favorite in-your-house installment of all time. But now, is it the greatest in-your-house of all time? I think it has to be. Mm. I mean, what else would it be? I know, again... We're, we're talking best in your houses here. I right. think that would be the greatest and my favorite. Mm-hmm. Also in that conversation, again, I would put Bad Blood in there, if okay. you know, if only for that main event, but mm-hmm. also for the rest of the card as well. I thought that was a good show. Um, definitely for the main event. Mind Games, another very good show. Okay. Good, 
Mm-hmm. Good Friends, okay. Better Enemies was another good one. Backlash, it was a good show. I don't know if, again, we kind of talked about this earlier. I don't know if we really want to include it uh-huh. with best, you know, in your house shows. Final Four was another good one, but I True. think Canadian Stampede beats them all. Uh, so you know, I like I like doing this, these games, Graham. So you got you got Canadian Stampede <laughs> top five. Your top five in your house shows were Canadian Stampede, right? Yeah, Canadian Stampede, okay. Good Friends, Better Enemies. Ah, very underrated right there. A very good show, and that main event is awesome too. I'll, I'll get back to that main event in a little while if we talk about best matches. But mm. Stampede, Good Friends, Better Enemies. Mind games, yes, bad blood, mm. and I want to say backlash, but I, I don't really want to include it with in your house stuff. Like you said, I, we'll, we'll consider the end of it to be St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Okay, so I won't say backlash, I guess that's an honorable mention. Instead, I'll say final four. Mm, final four, I will go with Stampede, Mind Games, Bad Blood. This way it gets tough. Um, I mean, there's a lot of bad ones too, but I mean, these come true. to mind as the best. Very true. Um, remember, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I saw it in real time, but you know the story behind Beware of Dog, right? Yeah, I know. I was going to say that that's a good show too. If you go back and watch it, how they edit it on the network in terms of seeing like the second day, whatever, that's not a bad show. So if you include that in your top five, I would not argue with you. Oh, man. No, it would be cool if they included the footage from the first night with the lights out, but I don't think. I mean, I'm sure it exists, but it's not on the network. Bro, I remember seeing that on pay per view, on pay per view live, and there was some rainstorm. The lights went out, and I think they were still performing in in the in the dark. They did, yeah. And it was like, nah. I think that was that was on a Sunday. Then I say, you know what? We'll come back Tuesday and do every match over again. That was that was performing in the dark. So. I was like, mm-hmm. all right. I, 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 I'm not. I don't think I had to pay again, which was good. So they, that's hey, cool. You know, if you pay for Sunday and know that, know that it got fucked up, you could watch it again on Tuesday. So, um, so yeah, Stampede, Mind Games, Bad Blood. See, the final four was. Jesus Christ! That's early '97, wasn't it? Yeah. Right before Mania, I think. Uh, yeah, mid mid '97. Yeah, I'll go, I might be wrong. I'll, I'll I thought go. it was the one with Hart. Um, what was it? The four-way with Hart, Stone Cold, Vader, and Taker. Sid or Taker? Yeah, not Sid Taker. Yeah, that that's Final Four, and then I think Sid challenged Brett that night, and then they fought the following night on uh, on Raw for the title. So yeah, Brett, Brett and had then the that's what led you know, Sid and Taker, and then Hart and Austin. Yeah, like could you could you imagine now in today's? Oh my God, Bret Hart had the the belt for a day. He lost the cycle. Can you <laughs> I imagine now? I mean, I did. I, when I watched it, I'm like, I just didn't understand why they did any of that. I, I do think it's dumb in retrospect, but mm. yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I guess it got them to where they wanted to go. I think. I think Austin and, and um, um, what is it? Austin and uh, Hart would have made more sense to be the championship match on that show. I mean, I guess Taker and Sid needed it more because it wasn't an attraction on its own. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I mean, yeah, I think the outrage would have been more apparent at that point than it was back in 97 with you know social media being so prevalent now and whatnot i would say for todd uh for fifth would be unforgiven and over the edge i I couldn't pick i think i think unforgiven has the slight edge over that because that's where um 
You get a good rivalry with Stone Cold and Do Love. I think most forget about that. About that um that two three month period where Do Love was uh there with Stone Cold for the title and Do Love was on the side of of McMahon and McMahon wanted Stone Cold to lose the belt, obviously. So that's a, that's a rivalry that gets forgotten about in that time frame. Also the the, the Infernal match. So I know I was forgetting a match that debuted at In Your House, but the Infernal match with Taker and Kane was uh, pretty good too at uh, Unforgiven. Yeah, April of 98. Yeah, that's yeah. another good one, too. That's another classic one. All right, so... Oh, wait, also, too, I mean, wasn't four-way... Wasn't Final Four the first ever Fatal 4-Way in company history? I feel like there were, they didn't do many four-ways or triple threats prior to that point. Was that, It might have been. Was that the first ever Fatal 4-Way, uh, fatal you think? Yeah, in WWE. I don't know if they ever did a four-way before that. That's why it was such a big deal. I don't know. You might, you might shock me. Maybe I feel like for whatever reason I feel like it was, but I might be wrong. Like be, before before ninety seven, can you think of any four ways in WWE history? Not off the top of my head right now. No. Hmm. That that's a good thing to Google. And I think again during this time you get Shawn Michaels as champion, and then he has to drop the belt. Uh, that whole yeah, uh, I, lost my, I, I, I still don't know the story with that over twenty years later is whether he didn't want to job the Brett or he was legitimately hurt, just didn't want to work the show. At, mm. I mean, he was fine at the pay per view and he was dancing and shit like that. So <laughs> yeah, I still. I mean, imagine if that happened today. Just I don't know. Oh. It's a very different time. Oh, okay, so in your mind, you feel like Sean was bullshitting. Oh, 100 percent. From oh, what I've man. heard and what from what Brett has said, I mean, I don't know if Sean's ever commented on that, but uh, I think he was bullshitting. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I don't think he missed out on the Mania paycheck because he was still on the show as a commentator. So it's like, I don't know. It's very strange. I mean, listen, you don't get Brett Sean too at, at WrestleMania 13, but you get Take You and Sid in, in, uh, instead. I know. Fuck that. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't love that show. I just think Austin and, and Taker. I'm sorry, Austin and Hart is way better. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, we also get the first ever three hour um, in your house, and that was ground zero. So now you go from two hours all all the way to three. The first time we have a three hour pay-per-view for in your house was ground zero. That was, um, I guess, the, the really beginning of the Shawn Michaels Undertaker rivalry. I know it began the month prior at SummerSlam when, when Shawn was the referee in the, in the title match with Bret and Taker. And he goes to hit Brett, but he hits Taker instead. He counts uh, counts him out, and Brett is a new champion. So that begins Sean and Taker's rivalry that goes into, I believe, the Royal Rumble with the infamous uh, Shawn Michaels. Uh, the casket match. Casket match and him, hurt, yep. and him hurting his back and being out four years. So um, I don't recall that in your house as much except for the main event, which – was a, a weird finish. They had like a 20, 25-minute match, and there were just a lot of people coming in the ring and kind of fucking that up. So then, then, then that's, what, that's what propelled the Hell in a Cell the following month at Bad Blood. So um, the first time you saw Hell in a Cell was Sean and Taker. Uh, but not, not the actual match, but when you see it in your, your, your digging um, prior, um, what did you make of the actual Hell in a Cell match? Or was it different from the steel cages and the war games you've seen? How is Hell in a Cell was so different than every other cage match? 
I mean, again, I'm coming from a different perspective because I wasn't watching live at the time. I'm like, I'm like, you know, it's not a new concept to me. I've seen a bunch of Hell in the Cell matches before I saw this one, but it's so different. I mean, I know we've talked about it before multiple times, but I still say to this day, it stands out as the best Hell in the Cell match of all time. I think it's near perfect. Uh, the performances that both guys brought to the table here, the debut of Kane that, you know, I don't, I don't like the whole escaping the cage shit. I just, I just think that's so stupid. Um, I get why they do it. The whole door thing is even worse. <laughs> with Hell in the Cell, like it keeps the competitors inside, right. and I guess you know the door got ripped off anyway by Kane. Yeah, but um, you know it was it was different. They utilized the structure very well. It was bloody. Shawn Michaels got his ass kicked. But you also got to remember too, kind of going back to the in your house thing, mm-hmm. why this match worked as well. I mean, if you watch it on the network, it's like okay, great match. But you also have to watch the original match, like you said, from the previous pay-per-view at the In Your House show from uh, from September of that year. The story they were telling going into the show was also great, mm-hmm. dating back to SummerSlam. Excuse me, when uh, Shawn Michaels became champion after beating uh, Taker with, with you know Bret Hart, that whole thing. I mean, the, yeah. the whole story leading up to it was was just great. So uh, yeah, I think overall it's just the perfect package, and it's it's still in my opinion the best Hell in the Cell match they've ever done. So before we wrap it up with the top five matches, what are, what are the top five moments uh, for you when it comes to in your house actual moments? So I, I would say Kane debuting is a moment, right? Yeah, that's a moment. Yeah, uh, the the first ever Hell in a Cell match is is a, a moment I would say, right? Yeah, I would yeah, I would constitute that as a moment, sure. Okay, what else we got? Moment. Um like I mentioned, we got an Inferno match up there. Uh what is a moment that oh man, it's tough. Can't think of any moments, but I can't think of the matches though. Right. Um oh remember um didn't Big Show debut at, at Massacre? Oh, he did. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> During the main um, event, yeah. Damn. All right. We'll get back to that. But top five <laughs> matches in In Your House history. I think this is what people want to hear. So according to Graham Matthews, the top five In Your House matches in no particular order aside from Sean and Taker from Bad Blood being number one. What do you got? All right, my first four are set in stone. I'm not moving away from these. The fifth one can be interchangeable, but it's Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker, first ever Hell in the Cell match, Bad Blood 1997, Heart Foundation versus Stone Cold, that whole match. The main event of Canadian Stampede, just to summarize it real quickly. The main event of Stampede in 97 is number two. The other ones are interchangeable in terms of where they go on the list, but Mm -hmm. uh, Shawn Michaels versus Mankind from Mind Games, Greatest match ever to end on a non-finish, to end on a disqualification. <laughs> Shawn Michaels versus Diesel for the WWE title, WWF, whatever, at Good Friends, Better Enemies. Wow. And then for the fifth one, I picked, again, I could see other people going with different matches. I picked Bret Hart versus Davey Boy Smith from the season's beating shows, a match you don't really hear too much wow, about. okay. It's not, you know, it, it's not this 1992 match from SummerSlam, but it's still a very good match nonetheless. So I put that as my number uh, five here. Hmm. I got, I got, uh, Sean Taker, bad blood. Okay. I got, uh, Sean mankind, mind games. I also had the Canadian stampede, 10 man tag. Have to. I got, well, if I'm not counting backlash with Stone Cold and The Rock, I would put that if I'm counting it. 
If it's not, oh yeah, no, I agree. I would. Ha- <clears throat> I didn't include that because I didn't okay. really think Backlash was like an in your house pay per view. But if we are, I would put that up there as well. Yes. So if we're not counting that, that comes off. I got Dude Love Stone Cold from Over the Edge. And. Okay. Man, that that Shawn Michael Diesel was tough too, bro. I got that. <laughs> it's a mix of that, the Inferno match, and the Final Four match. All right. All right. The four-way match as well, the yeah. Way, I mean, yeah. those are all great matches. Again, there's a lot of good matches to choose from. But nothing's touching Hell in a Cell, Mankind, Sean, and the Canadian Stampede 10 mag. That's that's the ultimate top three matches. Yeah, that's my cemented top three for sure. And you know what? I'll put I'll put, I'll put Sean and Diesel there. I think the story they were telling him, plus this is the first, this, this, that's the last pay-per-view with Diesel does in the company and Razor too on that night. I think Razor, who, I think he fought Goldust that night or some shit like that. So yeah, Diesel something like that. Yeah. yeah. Then, then Diesel got the prosthetic leg from the, from the fan in the crowd. He hit Sean with it. It was, it was, and then he power bombed Sean through the table. It was a very physical match. So I, I would say Sean and Diesel is somewhere there in the top five. Much better than the WrestleMania match. Oh, from from eleven. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bro, awful. This was way better. WrestleMania eleven is the worst, bro. Come on, you know that. I know that was a better swan song for Diesel than the WrestleMania match before he went before he left for WCW. So to cap it off, you got uh, Sean Taker, Stampede, Ten Man, Sean Mankind, Sean Diesel, Brett Bulldog, um, and I got sean taker sean mankind 10 mag a uh, 10 man tag canadian stampede do love stone cold and diesel Shawn michaels in your house top five matches ever i love it yeah i mean it's got to be that match was so good that i mean that backlash match is one of the i mean i think the wrestlemania match is better but um either way it's a, it's a very solid top five yeah um any last words on in your house and I, I know we've just seen last night on NXT that they're bringing in your house back, I think for for the show in June, and just know that me and you already had this on the list and like a month ago to kind of give a retrospective on in your house. So it's not like we saw NXT last night. And thought, oh shit, let's do it in your house. No, um, I know. Yeah, the timing just worked <laughs> out perfectly. So I'm glad we were able to do this. Technically, this is my debut on the show, but we've already recorded two other episodes of this already exactly. that are going up at some point in the future. So yeah, um, I, I feel like we're taping Raw '95 out of order here, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's my debut. I think I think it went well. So I'm glad to be back on the show. Um, any last minute words for In Your House, the legacy of it, and just uh, now it, it, it coming back now. Love me some In Your House, even though I wasn't around for the original incarnation of the pay-per-view. People should check it out on the WWE Network. Maybe not watch every installment as I did, mm. but definitely watch the matches that we recommend. And um, yeah, just enjoy In Your House. Looking forward to TakeOver In Your House on June 7th. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report, Daily DDT. My man, thank you. Thank you, Randy. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. Adios. All right.